Welcome to Dog Food TV. Uh, Dog Food TV is sponsored by Dog Food Store, premium sportswear brand for Cleveland football fans. You can find that at www.dogfoodstore.com. So we're going to look at the week two stats. Uh, obviously, y'all saw the game last night. That was a game that they, the defense played well enough for them to, to win that game. Obviously, when you have a pick six and you have a scoop and score for a touchdown, that's 14 points that the defense didn't even have the opportunity to stop. Uh, even with that, they were still in position to win the game. Um, the, the play calling, I, I think, was, was questionable. We'll get into that, but we're going we're gonna to focus on these defensive statistics real quick. So let's go ahead and get into that. Put these glasses on. All right. So first thing we're going to take a look at, let's, um, let's actually do a blind uh, reveal, right? So if I take the icons off of here in the text and I show you this first slide, this first graphic here, and you see 198 rushing yards, you see 210 passing yards, you see a time of possession of 35 minutes. And then I show you another graphic with 188 rushing yards, 203 passing yards, uh, time of possession of 37 minutes. And I told you that one of these teams won, one of these teams lost. To take it a step further, if we stay on the same graphic, the team that rushed for 188 yards held the team that they played to 41 rushing yards, right? Let's go to the other one. And the team that rushed for 198 on this graphic held the team to 55 rushing yards. You, you would say that those are almost identical performances. One team won, one team lost. You probably know what it is. The first graphic was the Browns. Um, they lost. The second graphic was the Steelers. I'm sorry, the 49ers. Uh, they beat the Steelers. That was week one and week two. So if we look at the stats, the Browns rushed for 198. That's despite Nick Chubb being injured and hurt for the season, unfortunately. Um, they passed for 210 yards. Um, the passing game looked pretty out of sync, to say the least. They had 21st downs to Pittsburgh's nine. They went five for 16 on third down, 0 for two on fourth down, four turnovers. Uh, we obviously know about the pick six. It was two loss uh, fumbles, and it escapes me what that fourth turnover was. Um, but time of possession, 35 minutes, 28 seconds. The Steelers, on the other hand, rushed for 55 yards, passed for 200 yards. They had nine first downs, four for 14 on third down. They didn't go for any fourth down um, conversions. They had two turnovers. Time of possession was 24 minutes. So, again, this game, we talked about it. If the Browns were able to hold Najee Harris and the Steelers to under 70 or 80 yards, that was going to bode well because then that means you're relying on Kenny Pickett to try to win the game. And unfortunately, a couple of turnovers, um, a special teams mistake as far as letting a, a punt bounce rather than catching that. Again, you know, I, I don't really know what happened there, but let's get into the 
uh, quarterback comparison real quick. Uh, Deshaun Watson, um, 220, I'm sorry, 235 yards, uh, 22 of 40, one touchdown, one interception, passer rating 70.3, QBR 16.5. Kenny Pickett, uh, 15 of 30, 222 yards, one touchdown, one interception, QB rating of 71.8, QBR 12.3. Both quarterbacks did not look good in this game. Um, you know, both quarterbacks were for the most part under duress, but one quarterback had a running game. The other quarterback did not. So, um, you would think that the quarterback with the running game would, would have a little bit better performance. But again, I'm not really going to pile on Deshaun Watson on this one. Yeah. There was some throws that he missed that it's just like, yeah, you got, you got to hit those. But I also didn't like the play calling. We'll start with the play to open the game. They went empty formation. I believe they had three tight ends on the field because I know I saw Njoku on the top end of the screen. Harrison Bryant was on the bottom and Jordan Atkins was on the bottom as well. They split Chubb out wide. So you had three tight ends, one wide receiver. I don't know who the receiver was. And then you had Chubb. I don't know why they're throwing a hitch route to Harrison Bryant. Option, whatever it was. Uh, looks like he had the option to run a, um, a hitch or a out. But, you know, you don't have Gronk and Hernandez out there. So I don't I don't really get it. I mean, I, I understand that they can catch and they're, they're, they have good blocking tight ends. And maybe you maybe you have them block and then release. But for the first play of the game against a team that just gave up one hundred and eighty eight yards to the 49ers. I don't know why when you got Nick Chubb, that your first play is empty formation with three tight ends. There were times in the second half they were doing the same thing, putting two and three tight ends out there. And again, they said it on the broadcast. They weren't getting separation. Nobody was really getting open. So you got all those wide receivers. I just don't get it. Amari Cooper was he was hoping last night. He made some nice contested contested catches. Elijah Moore had a nice catch. But again, I, I from what I watched, it was the play calling. It didn't look like the play calling fit with the game required because it was apparent in the second half that it was going to be a ball control field position game. Your backup running back came in and was effective. Do you know who currently gives up the most yards in the game on the ground in the league? I'm sorry. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're dead last. The Bengals are right behind them. They give up the most yards on the ground through two weeks. Now, they played against Christian McCaffrey. They played against Nick Chubb for a, a quarter, maybe. And but it, but Jerome Ford put 106 on him. So the the game plan, especially with them missing a defensive tackle, I don't understand why in the second half it wasn't just we just gonna run it down. They throw, especially in the fourth quarter, um, on that play action, the strip sack fumble. That needed to just be again, and I know it's hindsight, but. I was surprised they called a play watching it in real time, called a pass play. Just run it. Even if you get stopped two straight times, just punt it, pin them back, let your defense go ahead and bring that game home for you. Because any objective Steelers fan will tell you their offense looked pretty destitute too. They had the big play on the busted coverage. Aside from that, they did nothing. So very disappointing to again to to have that game slip away let's look at the running back comparison real quick 
Jerome Ford, 16 carries, 106 yards. That's 6.6 yards a carry. So by my math, if you hand him the ball three times, he should be able to get a first down. I know this team is analytics focused. I know they had that data in real time. This is what I talked about in one of the earlier videos that I felt like Jim Schwartz was going to shore up the defense. My biggest concern going forward really for the rest of the season is that the play calling is going to be plays that are called just because that is the way Stefanski wants to win. He wants to win a certain way, you know, whatever that ideology is, whatever that scheme is, rather than adapting to the game dynamics in real time and understanding, you know what, this is the way we have to win this game. Because I think, again, this is probably an extreme example, but Tom Brady didn't need to throw it 40 times. If he needed to hand the ball off 20 times, he was going to do that. Because, you know, even if the pass play is called, you check out of that and you run that. But again, Najee Harris, 10 carries, 43 yards. That's 4.3 yards a carry. Um, Pittsburgh was trying to establish the run, and they had a couple of, of times in the game where they ripped off a couple. The defense shorted it up. You have, you have a defense. The Cleveland Browns have a defense. Speaking of which, let's take a look at that. Rushing defense rankings after week two. Number one, Philadelphia Eagles. Number two, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Number three, the Tennessee Titans. Number four, San Francisco 49ers. Number five, Cleveland Browns. Number six, Baltimore Ravens. Number seven, Indianapolis Colts. Number eight, Jacksonville Jaguars. Number nine, Dallas Cowboys. Number 10, Detroit Lions. Based on this slide, this is week two. I think the Eagles are going to the playoffs. I think the 49ers are going to the playoffs. I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to the playoffs. Now, the Ravens, the Browns, I think one of I think one of not both of them, uh, the, both of them should go if they remain in the top 10 in run defense. The difference is that I think Baltimore's offense is a little bit more. You, you can have a little bit more confidence in them to win a game like last night. Now, hopefully the Browns is early. Hopefully they're able to correct that. Um, you got three teams from the AFC South in this graphic. I don't think three teams from the AFC South are going to the playoffs, but you never know. We'll see. If I had to put my money on it, it's either going to be the Titans or the Colts. I would say maybe the Titans just off of, I'm sorry, the Titans or the Jaguars. It would either be the Titans, maybe because of experience, or it would be the Jaguars because they just got there. But and then you have the Lions. I think the, the verdict is still out on them. But, um, yeah, two straight weeks in the top 10 in run defense. Let's take a look at team defense overall. This is overall team defense after two weeks. Dallas Cowboys, number one. The Cleveland Browns, number two. Right now, the Cleveland Browns, and if you watch the last two games, there is no doubt they are a top five defense. And as you see right here, they are number two team defense. Dallas Cowboys one, Cleveland Browns two, Kansas City Chiefs three, San Francisco 49ers uh, four, Buffalo Bills five, New Orleans Saints six, Baltimore Ravens seven, Tampa Bay Buccaneers eight, Atlanta Falcons nine, Jacksonville Jaguars ten. If there's any solace that Browns fans can take in being one and one is that the Chiefs are one and one. The Chiefs lost a game, albeit because of receivers dropping passes, um, not necessarily because the offense just didn't look 
you know, in sync. But, you know, hey, in in the top five, um, you got teams that four, four out of five of those teams, you could say, are going to the playoffs and hopefully five of five being the Browns if they get their offense, get their offensive stuff, the kinks worked out. So a top two or number two in overall team defense. Now, I've mentioned I don't really care about pass defense, but let's take a look at it just for this, just to look at it. Pass defense rankings after week two. You see a very similar slide. Number one, Dallas Cowboys. Number two, Cleveland Browns. If this team has a top five or ten, we'll just say top ten. They have a top ten run defense and a top ten pass defense. There's no reason that they shouldn't make the playoffs. If they have a top five pass defense and a top five run defense, there is no excuse. They won't go to the playoffs because of the offense with a defense like that. So Stefanski is going to have to figure it out. He's going to have to because the last two weeks, last night, you can't blame it on weather. I didn't like the play calling. I didn't like the situational play calling. It 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 did not look good. And you got the Titans coming into town. Now, this is going to be a great test of if this run defense is legit, because I don't know what I think they got McCaffrey in week five. But after that, I don't know what other running backs that they have that are going to pose a problem for them. So these first five weeks if you can come out of it four and one, three and two, that's a, that's a good place to be after dropping a game, you know, but you definitely can't come out of this two and three, not with, not with a defense like this, not with a defense like this. It's not, it's not even an option. So, you know, it looks like that this NFL season is going to be one of those seasons where, the team that doesn't have as many season ending injuries or goes into the playoffs healthy, those are going to be the teams that are going to make the most noise. Um, if the Browns are able to get through the rest of the season without l- losing anybody else for a significant amount of time, th- I think they're in, in good shape presented or albeit with the qualification that the offense fixes their issues. Um, if the offense doesn't fix their issues, this could be a, a wasted season. Um, because when you got a defense clicking and playing like that, you need competent offense play. You need offense. The, the explosive plays aren't really there. Um, Again, I I just don't really get it. I'd like to see more Cedric Tillman on the field and just and just seeing what he can do, putting them out there. So we'll see what what changes they make to the offense. But hey, the defense through two weeks is a plus. We see it. Dallas Cowboys, Cleveland Browns, number one and number two. Was that on all three slides on team defense? They won in two on rushing defense. They're five. Dallas Cowboys are nine, but then on pass defense, they're one and two. So if we take a look real quickly, if we take a look at the Browns defense 
in 2022. Let's, uh, let's take a look at that real quick. Let's see. Okay, so if we look at the Browns' run defense in 2022, team defense was 20th, pass defense was 5th, run defense was 25th, 135 yards per game allowed. If they allowed, how many did they allow in week one, 55 yards? Yeah, they allowed 55 yards in week one or week two, I'm sorry, they allowed 75 yards in week one. So what are we looking at? That's one, it's about 130. I believe that's 130. So you divide that by two, what's that? 65 yards a game? Through two weeks, they're allowing 65 yards a game on the ground. Hey, that's a playoff caliber defense. That's a Super Bowl caliber defense. Now, obviously, we're only two weeks into the season. We got to at least get through eight or nine games to really see. But defensive wise, Jim Schwartz has, has, has been magnificent in terms of the way he has a defense plan, the communication, the way they play, the the aggression with which they play, the poise with, with which they play. Um, the, the offense has to match that. So again, very disappointing, but week three is as we as we look ahead to the Titans, obviously Derrick Henry. In the next video we'll we'll kind of do a, a deep dive into that matchup, look at the stats for both teams going into week three. Um, you know, the Titans have a, a, a nice run defense and, you know, obviously they have a, um, a big back that can, that can break tackles. So we'll see. It'll be, it'll be a good test and, you know, we will, um, we'll see how it plays out in six days. So it's dog food TV. Thanks for tuning in and we will see y'all on the next one.